0: This is an exclusive presentation of Wo, WO
1: 1190 AM and 107.5 FM Unholstered.
0: Welcome back. It is time for Unholstered. Hopefully, you are having a fantastic weekend. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I host a local media show here in Fort Wayne, Indiana during the week. And on the weekends, I
2: host Unholstered alongside my co-host, Sophia. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia rosales Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Welcome back to the show. You know, I always like to remind people what the show is all
0: about, which this show is about the local media, a.k.a. teaming up with our local police department, a.k.a. you, to share and tell all of the stories uh, about law enforcement that don't often get told, but I'm certainly hoping by now, because we've been doing this show for well over a year, but that people people know what Unholstered's about. Yes. Um, If they don't, they should know what Unholstered's about. If this is your first time tuning in, you can always download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you can download a podcast. And Sophia, I'm just going to jump right to it. Today we're talking about drugs. We've talked a lot about drugs here on the show. Unfortunately, it's a topic that isn't going to go away anytime soon. It's also an ever evolving topic that's also something that's rather unfortunate, but you have brought back in a very special guest to talk all things drug with us today. Drugs. Right,
2: right. I think it's really important for the community to understand what's going on locally here in our community. We can we can all focus on California or you know New York, but I really want people to focus on what's here because this is what we can address here in our in our community. And I want to also stress the importance of parents to understand what's going on because this is affecting our children and we really need to listen and understand what is going on here that we can help our kids and our young adults Um, because this actual problem is really a huge problem between the 18 and 45 year old population so if we can get some information gain some knowledge and have those conversations i think we can we can curb a lot of this stuff going on but i brought back a special guest and i'll let him introduce himself
1: Hi, my name is uh, Detective Sergeant Mark Gerardo with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I am with the Vice Narcotics Unit.
2: Hence why he's the one here talking about drugs
0: with us today. But, Sophia, you also brought up a really good point, just how important it is for parents overall to be well-informed because I feel like we hear, and I'm sure, Mark, you can attest to this too, we hear so often, well, it's not going to be my kid. It's not going to happen to my kid. And whether or not your child actively uses drugs on purpose, a lot of what we're talking about, kiddos don't even know things that they're consuming contain certain drugs. And that's why I think it's so important. Just, to, I just really wanna hammer that home today, Sophia, what you said, that parents know what's happening Locally, right right here in our community.
2: Yeah, never think it's not going to be your kid. Yeah, um, That's the worst thing you can think of. And have these conversations. I mean, sit around the family dinner table and just have a conversation with your child. Lo- know what's going on in their life. Because a lot of this thing is precipitated by mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't even know your kid is suffering from depression, anxiety. And then they seek these pills outside because someone says, oh, I take this. I have depression. And I take this. Here, have one. Or and then when it works, then they go and try to find it somewhere else. And it's not what they thought it was. So, Mark, what are we seeing here in, in town?
1: So, you bring up a good point, and uh, a lot of what I try to do when I go out, I do a lot of s- speeches on opiates, and I end up with a lot of adults, and sometimes kids, and uh, what I tell the parents is, is actually we we see this fentanyl problem all the way down into, like, sixth graders. Uh, yeah, Yeah, it blows my mind, and the reason is, is because it's so prolific in our society right now, America and Fort Wayne. We are just a small part so of the bigger picture. let me
0: pause you right there, then. So, we are seeing fentanyl here in Fort Wayne
1: so yeah so I, I I promised you before the show started that I'd read a little stat for yes, you yes and
0: to preface this I've not heard this stat I told him don't don't share with me until until we were running I'm, on I'm, there. I'm
1: springing on her <laughs> and I, I'm a stats person uh, I think I said on the other podcast you know my degree is in biology and I did biochem research so I'm kind of a statistics driven guy and I like to kind of it gives me a finger on the pulse of America when I see what's happening nationwide and then down to our small community. Uh, But uh, this was just last month. Uh, The DEA announced on, uh, you can look it up on the, I think it's their DEA.gov website, but uh, 50.6 million fentanyl pills and more than 10,000 pounds of fentanyl powder were seized. Uh, They estimate that, or I'll say how they, I'll put it in their words. Uh, The DEA laboratory estimates that these seizures represent more than 379 million Potentially deadly doses of fentanyl, which equates to enough fentanyl to kill every American, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: every single human being in America right now. We have enough doses of fentanyl to kill all of us.
0: And that's what they've seized.
2: So when did they release that stat?
1: Uh, They just said last month. This was this actually was from uh, January 9th of 2023.
2: And if that's what they seized, I'll guarantee four times plus has gotten. Right. That's just what we know about what they know about. So what scares me the most
0: about this is that that's the fentanyl that we are aware of that we tangibly now have. But that doesn't account for all of the fentanyl that we don't know about. Correct. Is it all coming here primarily from the southern border, or how is it landing in Fort Wayne, Indiana?
1: Well, that's a—you know, I think we touched on this before, but this really is a problem of—it It it touches on a political issue, which is China, through Mexico, pushes fentanyl into America. Uh, All the illicit fentanyl in the world is produced in labs in China. Mm -hmm. It's not produced anywhere else. Uh, We have Chinese— Basically, drug mafias living in Mexico now that help basically have come in tangent with the, the Mexican drug cartels to just keep pushing fentanyl into America. It's highly lucrative. There's so much money to the tunes of billions of dollars being made by everybody on both sides of the border. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it, it really revolves around money and kind of a degradation of the American people.
2: And I'll add to, you know, China is an adversary, I would say, in this. I think they're trying to kill us with this drug, right? And Mexico is helping with them. But conversely, we have to look at ourselves. We're the consumer. Why are we consuming so much of this or trying to consume so much of this and trying to suppress? This really is a mental health issue in, in America, and we really need to start addressing these things so that we don't seek these alternative methods to suppress feelings and emotions that we're having. So I think we really need to take a hard look at ourselves and why we're such the biggest consumer of drugs, I think, in the world, honestly. We are. Um, Between marijuana and heroin, cocaine, you know, fentanyl, any kind of opioid. Why are we doing this?
0: So here's what I want to do, just so we can kind of pare back some of this. I feel like, I know, Mark, you and I, and probably Sophia, could go down this China rabbit hole. But I also know that takes us into the land of politics, and we try to remain, try to remain yes.
2: neutral neutral
0: <laughs> here on Unholster. Which if you listen Sometimes to my radio program, yeah, you, you know where I stand on a lot of things. And me uh, too, but... Um, but so I kind of I want to just like leave China alone today as much as I agree with you Sophie I do I completely agree with you but I, and I'm but so I'm with you focusing on the mental health how these drugs get here we kind of know that but when they come to Fort Wayne Indiana what I want to know is how these you said down to sixth grade. That Correct. That is staggering to me. How are sixth graders consuming fentanyl? How does this happen?
1: So uh, everybody now is starting to understand this fentanyl problem. We're starting to see the tools that are being used to bring fentanyl to us, which is the majority of the pills that we're buying in our narcotics unit or that people are overdosing are still the little blue round. They look like a Percocet. They're called an M30 or blues. Uh, these are sp- These are so prevalent in our society here in Fort Wayne. We have so many of them, thousands of them already that we've seized uh, just this year. So um, we get a lot of it there. We're still seeing fentanyl coming in, being pressed to look like Xanax. Hmm. Uh, So those are like white elongated rectangles. They're small, but they're long, skinny rectangles. Uh, They're stamped just like a Xanax. Some of them say Xanax right on them. Uh, They come in the colors of, and it's the normal colors for Xanax, which is yellow, light blue, and white.
0: How do you know? We call
1: them Zanny bars. Kids are calling them Zanny bars or bars. Uh, You don't know. And uh, I do, uh, part of my presentation, I actually have a picture uh, from one of the local high schools. I won't mention its name, from Fort Wayne Community. Uh, I seized a bunch of these pills. And, in fact, a week prior to going to, there was four kids overdosed in one day at the school. So a week prior, I went to the guy that was actually the supplier. He was an ex-student of this school. He was dead. Uh, He had thousands of these around him. So I did a little, uh, I took four pills, one real, three fake Xanax, I put them together, a doctor couldn't tell them apart. So oh, wow. the way this epidemic started was, is these kids were like, hey, my guy stole these from my grandma's uh, medicine cabinet. They didn't. They're peddling and fentanyl, and they know they're peddling fentanyl, but they give it to them that it's supposed to be a Xanax. Will they take it and uh, I have a good friend. I don't know I don't know if he's been on the show or not, Nate Moeller. He, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. uh, Nate's awesome. Him and I are great friends. He's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, we're great friends. And one of the things he did teach me, and it was from his own personal experience as a child, is a lot of these kids, and I probably experienced it, maybe we all experienced it, that we kind of feel like this, maybe we don't always belong, or we kind of feel like an outsider, and we don't always feel normal like when we're kids because we don't know where we fit into the whole picture. And then to Sophia's, this mental health issue, these drugs are so prevalent, but if you take a fentanyl, all of a sudden you feel normal. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. That was one of the biggest hooks just, for It's
0: Just kiddos seeking pure normalcy and acceptance. Just, yeah,
1: it, it yeah. makes them feel like they can fit in. Probably like people who socially drink, and they're like, okay, I'm— you know they're a wallflower mm-hmm. till they get a tequila in them, and the next thing you know they're everybody's buddy, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of the same concept. So we are now seeing fentanyl in absolutely everything, and this is what I wanted to do on the show today, which is uh, we're finding marijuana that we take from people has fentanyl in it. Cocaine is making a huge resurgence in Fort Wayne. I have some theories on why that is. What? Yeah, cocaine's getting big right now. Like it's this that and methamphetamine are my second. They're about tied for second right now that I'm that we're buying as a unit.
0: So is it so fentanyl first, then cocaine and meth?
1: Yeah, crack cocaine and that's powder cocaine, both. So we're getting both of them. Um, but it's like our, it's, we're just basically having a renewal. So when I first came on in 2004 as an undercover uh, detective in narcotics, that's what I bought all the time. I bought crack cocaine. Every day I'd go out and I'd go on the streets and I'd buy $20, 40 $80 worth of crack cocaine, and we'd do buy bust all day. Uh, it kind of went away for a while. It got way down reduced. Now it's back to the bars. The bars are getting really heavy into it again with the powder, the crack in my, you know, Kind of the other neighborhoods that are like that were involved in crack quite a bit, like southeast, southwest, had uh, had a lot of problems with it. Now it's coming back; it's showing its why? head again.
0: Do we know why it's coming back, or we have? This I, I have
1: theories that the people that we put away on narcotics cases 15 years ago are all getting out of jail, and that's what they know. They're kind of old school. It was kind of it's interesting. Uh, methamphetamine used to be a big problem. Remember with all the meth labs, right? Mm-hmm. Super dangerous, all the chemicals, and then the Mexicans came in and they were like, "Hey, we'll make meth cheap." It absolutely, between that and our roles for uh, you have to show your ID to buy pseudoephedrine, which is a key ingredient, right. it's one of the main ingredients to make meth. You can't make it without it. Uh, between that and the Mexicans cheap meth, we almost, we've almost we eradicated. We don't even see meth labs anymore, which is great that we don't have meth labs anymore because they're horrible for everybody. Dangerous. Uh, yeah. Dangerous. Uh, and the kids that are involved in the houses breathing the fumes, it's horrible for their health. But that got eradicated. Well, we put a bunch of those people in jail with our meth lab team. Uh, cir- circa five, eight years later, all of a sudden these meth cooks start getting out of jail, and we had a short pop-up of it where huh. we started seeing labs.
0: I mean, it makes sense. And it's then, it, all went it, sense, and then it went away again. Yeah. So
1: everything in life is cyclical, mm-hmm. so are drugs and narcotics. Now, uh, one of the things that always bothers me is, is the fact that we're not only seeing the pills, but we're seeing a lot of the powder and fentanyl, too. Uh, and, interestingly enough, as we're talking about cocaine, uh, we're finding fentanyl in cocaine. And now we have one more drug that they've added— to the fentanyl which is called xylazine
0: not heard of this one
1: yeah and xylazine is uh it's a mess uh xylazine's being added it's basically like an analgesic that they use for like pain relief for like horses oh, zebras geez. whatever well now here's the kicker to it okay well this is the biggest problem with it when they add it to the fentanyl it actually works against narcan Wow. It reduces the effectiveness of, our, of Narcan. So if I overdose on fentanyl and somebody comes and Narcan's me and it's full of xylazine as well, it's either not going to work or it's going to be real hard. And I'm going to have to keep giving Narcan, and hopefully we can overcome the xylazine.
0: So is this also being trafficked in through our southern border? The xylazine? I don't this... know where
1: xylazine is okay. coming from, but it is ending up in all the fentanyl.
0: And it, so these these drug dealers. Let's go ahead and take this this uh, case here at a local high school. You've got this this kid who's no longer in high school, I'm assuming he's graduated, selling these bars or M30s or whatever it is. Does he actively know that he is selling fentanyl to these kiddos, or is he also grabbing them from his grandma, thinking they're truly Percocets? or? Okay.
1: So the M30s, the interesting thing about M30s is, unless there's some weird... Cache of them hidden away in a wall somewhere. They're not even made. The pharmaceutical companies stopped making the the, the oh. M30s. So anytime you see an M30 pill, those are fentanyl. I can about 100%, well, 99% guarantee they're not from grandma's cabinet. Those are fentanyl pills. That is just the shape and the color that they decided to make them. Mexico turns them out by the billions yeah. so that's what we're seeing the most of but we are seeing some of the other ones we we had a few of the colored ones come through the skittles looking ones but they were m30s as well they still said m30 on them they just were different colors and then but the bars and the uh, and the m30s are the biggest way we're seeing fentanyl because it's easy to transport them carry them and use them
2: and this is the biggest reason why I've, I've repeatedly said on the show if you are not getting a prescription from a doctor And parents, if you see pills in your kid's room and you know they're not from you, you didn't hand them to them, they didn't go to the doctor and get them, they are going to be, I'll guarantee, fentanyl. And do not touch them with your bare hand take some plastic bags call us we'll come collect it that's it uh we're not gonna make an arrest hold, we'll hold probably up. talk you to can't your child even touch him with your bare hand i but. wouldn't because you never know
1: so here's part of the thing with fentanyl so fentanyl can be absorbed through your skin so if your hands are like hot and sweaty you know your pores are opened up uh, if you held powdered fentanyl in your hand you'd overdose and somebody like us who don't use opiates uh it'd stop you get enough of it to absorb through your skin it'd stop your heart probably in about five to ten minutes
0: so, okay, this is really off topic, and I'm going to botch the details, but there was this story a couple of weeks ago about this baby who oh, OD'd yeah. from fentanyl staying at an Airbnb. I saw that. Okay, so you know what story mm-hmm. I'm talking yeah. about. So is that simply the baby must have been laying near fentanyl or, or inhaling it? Maybe or
2: residual from the last person there, maybe the owner. I don't Holy know. Holy cow. But you, you think about it. That It was like a one- or two-year-old, right? Yeah. And yeah. look how small they are compared to like what might have killed them. Would not maybe not necessarily kill us, but the baby's so small, so just even a little bit. I absorbed. guess I didn't realize it was. That and babies po- put everything in their mouth too, so right. I don't know if it's absorbed to the skin or the you know. The, Who knows the baby, if the baby found you know, something laying around yeah, or whatever? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows?
1: Um, yeah, really, we've had and we've had some young children here, like that you'd call a baby. Oh usually no. they're like usually they're like between one and four, and what happens is is mom or mom's boyfriend comes over and he leaves a bag of these pills mm-hmm. laying out. Well, they're they are pretty they're yeah. like a they're almost like a robin egg shell blue mm-hmm. and they look like Those little like they look yeah. like little candies and kids eat them and in one house we had a one-year-old and i think it was a three-year-old and i think one died and we saved the other one i think the Jeez. baby got saved i think the three-year-old might have died right. i kid, don't quote me on that but i knew they were pretty young like under the age of four and i know one of them was a one-year-old they both ate them and uh so that's how we get young children they are ingesting them, thinking they're candy. You
0: know, this takes me back to my college days. Um, I did used to, every now and then, I'm fully confessing, didn't have a prescription for Adderall. But when you had to pull all-nighters and I'm staying up for finals, it was really common to, oh, hey, can I have some of your Adderall to your college roommate or a friend down the hall? Guilty, been there, done that. But, man, I'm looking back and thinking just even how dangerous that could have potentially Ben Again, it's... back then, I don't think Hopefully was... back then, not yeah. not that dangerous. Yeah. But
2: now it still happens, though. This Correct. Is the what big a great thing. scenario.
0: Even a college kid, fully aware, fentanyl's around, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and hey, Janine, Sophia, my college roommate, can I pop a couple of your Adderall to stay awake to study for this final?
2: Yeah. And and it's just that easy. And, you know, when you go into the, the real world of jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> just doing kind of that stuff will kind of cut you off for some jobs you may want in the future because mm-hmm. you think about it you're right there senior year junior year some of these jobs you know you can't have used drugs for a certain period of time for a year a couple of years and now you're just cutting that off by doing that I didn't even think of that either and you will they will find out yeah. I mean they don't think that they're not going to find out because there's someone there's, there's always snakes in your grass for sure. so someone's going to tell back, um, back to yeah it's just so prevalent now in the college and we're seeing the college kids this is what they're doing and they're ODing
0: well that's what I say. So back to college. I mean obviously we're we're hearing how it's circulating around high school, dare I say, even middle schools, but obviously the same thing we are seeing in colleges too.
1: Oh yeah, it it, it spans. Is it I,
0: worse in colleges?
1: No, I think it you know, it spans right now this generation. It's everywhere between sixth grade and forty five years old. I mean, we are this the the opiate epidemic. You know, was twofold. One, and I talked about it on one of your previous shows, which is you know our medical community started mm-hmm. in the '90s. Oxycontin started this, so there were a bunch of people that weren't drug seekers, that weren't drug addicts, and they weren't even drinkers.
0: Just looking for pain management.
1: Yeah, yeah. they fall yeah. off a ladder. They were a construction person, and they got hooked on this. And we had doctors over prescribing, and then it turned into basically a void when DEA diversion started cracking down on doctors. We started arresting some doctors. Then the pill seekers no longer could get pharmaceutical grade opiates the illicit market blew up they just you know china china and mexico the drug cartels uh they should never be underestimated they're brilliant business people Oh, yeah. I got a whole I could have a whole other show about how right now that China's flipping fentanyl money Can to we buy have property. That show?
0: Can we have a show where we get a little political and talk about it? I It's, love it's not have. even political. It's
1: really just about money. But right now we know for a fact that China is flipping money and they're buying yeah. land in America on fentanyl yep. money. Yep. And then that's how they're washing the money through pesos and yen and back and forth.
0: Ho- hopefully I know we got some boys at our state house here, in, at least in Indiana trying to fight that as well as we speak so
1: yeah we're doing a good job in we, indiana we
0: are in indiana i can't but that's what i just say but i can't speak for other states and right. what no. they're doing and but how we can only we can
2: only do what we can do for our community Correct. right yep. so good if point. we have our state lawmakers doing what they need to be doing to protect our citizens here in indiana maybe that will then branch out maybe people will see what we're doing here i know congressman banks has been really big on the fentanyl mm-hmm. doing a really good job working with local community mm-hmm. members like mark and nate and all that he's coming wanting to know what is going on here locally and that's what's important because every community has a different uh problem you know uh, our problem is a little bit different than you know san diego california our problem's a little bit different than detroit michigan but our law that's why our lawmakers are so important to us as a community here and they need to listen to what's going on here
1: and our prosecutors and i do want to say a little uh appreciation for our local prosecutors recently we've had a new fire lit under uh, our drug prosecutors and they have really been going to work and i do know this works uh sometimes pe- i've had discussions or debates with people that say that it doesn't but i know it does because i work with narcotics units around the state mm-hmm. uh the counties that have very strong prosecution for drugs they have less of a drug problem
0: good and it's that, because I mean, you, yeah
1: Guys that deal drugs know our system very well, Sophia will tell you. These guys know more about what goes on in a courtroom and what the rules and regulations and laws are in a court and what my sentencing guidelines are going to be than anybody else except for the attorneys. So they will not do drug deals in places that heavily fight and prosecute Hmm. drug cases. Uh, For a long time, we spent a lot of time not being that harsh on drug dealers and It looks like it's starting to change, which gives me hope because once they figure out that everybody isn't going to get put on house arrest, they're going to prison, uh, it will reduce the number of drug dealers.
0: I like the optimism you don't always hear a lot of optimism when talking about drugs I do want to scurry back to something you, you know we're talking about the, the fella who fell off the ladder and he needs to be prescribed oxy or whatnot pain management you know going back to the opioid epidemic back in the 90s but what would you tell someone mark and I realize you're not a doctor but I'm gonna ask you anyway what would you tell someone who fell off the ladder you know and has the broken rib cage or, or, or leg or elbow or whatever and they are prescribed some kind of drug for pain management what Would you tell him don't even take it if you can if you can?
1: No, it'd be terrible. Like I have two brothers. Both were in law enforcement. And uh, my one brother that was on the sheriff's department got hurt really bad a long time ago. He got in a fight down the lockup guy was high on meth or PCP. And my brother's not a small guy, but he got in a fight, got flipped and damaged his lower spine. Uh, So his whole life that bothered him and he doesn't really take meds for it. Uh, He's used like CBD cream on his back and he had surgery and that didn't always help. alleviate the pain so my answer to these people are is yes you need to if you need to take pain meds I get it like I'm not saying run from them I'm also saying you need to be very careful about what a doctor prescribes you and know what your limits are like always be monitoring hey am I starting to feel like I'm becoming addicted to it because most people in that scenario they don't even know what addiction is so they don't know what it feels like when they get it
0: I look back at, okay, kind of just going back to my own life, like I was saying before, and I was, uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe 17, 18. I was a teenager, and I had to have a really intensive eye surgery. Basically, both of my eyeballs were cut open. Um, and after the surgery, I was prescribed Oxy as well. And I remember my mom giving me one. She cut it in half and said, here... You know, you take this one. And I remember remember feeling like my nose was melting off and I felt really bizarre. And that was it. She's like, you're done. You're not taking any more. She made me go through that surgery and it was very painful for days. However, I look back at that and I think, you know, my mom's like a hero, uh, essentially, for doing that. Yeah, she let me take Tylenol and, you know, what have you. Uh, But she was very, and this was, gosh, this would have been 20 years ago, give or take, not even allowing me to take Oxy back then so i'm i'm with you i hear what you're saying take the the meds if you need to take the meds but there is also part of me like i know myself and i'd probably like nope i'm not even going to take it because i remember being like mom this feels so good my nose is like melting off i can remember that
2: feeling yeah and i get it like i kind of get how you would be like yeah hand me another one well we are a pill popping nation yes we are we expect there's a pill a cure for everything and it just isn't a pill
1: and part of what you're saying you know from a mental standpoint and this is just my opinion but I feel like what's happened in America is we've gotten really soft yeah in other words True, we, yeah. we can't we can't handle any kind of mental stress nope. we can't handle any kind of physical pain and the fact that we keep pushing this idea that you have to be completely pain free both mentally and physically and happy. And, not, uh, and happy all the time <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not picking so on why? this I'm not picking on this group but uh I can say a lot of my wife's friends are on some kind of Mm -hmm. drug especially when they came out of having a child like postpartum they're prescribed all these medications during their pregnancy they're prescribed all these medications we don't even know what these medications are doing to the unborn baby because we know they do get through the placenta so that could be part of the problem why are are we creating drug addicts in the womb we don't know yet
0: that's such i I love that topic i wish we could have someone on about something like that i'm very fascinated by that because Mm -hmm. mark uh, so i had my daughter about two and a half years ago she'll be three in june but i was prescribed so many things under the sun that I'd never even heard of, and I truly am a, a firm believer in like what you eat, what you consume, what you put on your skin and your hair has a big role in your, your, your physical and mental well-being. And so there was a lot of it I didn't even take. My husband was even like, are you sure you're crazy? The doctors say X, <laughs> Y, and Z. Um, but when I don't even know the side effects and how it's going to impact me and my doctor can't intelligently communicate that to me either, that's when I do have a problem. So I've like made it my life mission. I've been educating myself thoroughly on a lot of that. Yes. And I think that's a... Just everything that we take and consume is so toxic. Some of these drugs that were prescribed also so toxic. We don't know long-term impacts, especially to a fetus. You know, Correct. it's it's actually or even horrifying. to ourselves
2: or to ourselves. I mean, you know, they do all these studies, but really, how long we don't know. Twenty years down the road, mm-hmm. twenty-five years down the then road. Then you call that number one eight
0: hundred. Oops! If this happened to you twenty years ago, yeah. give us a
2: call. Yeah, um, I remember being in the hospital after my car wreck and you know all the drugs that I'm on to fight mm-hmm. you know blood clots and all that stuff they're all on the screen hey if you're taking this <laughs> right, right that's uh, what I'm saying that's, that's real life that's yeah real life. but you know as I go back to it it's okay to be unhappy yes it's okay to feel a little a ha- bit of pain And your little pinky it's okay for it to be sore we need like Mark said I, I feel too we've gotten really soft we've lost our ability to be resilient mm-hmm. and come back and fight through things and Know that everything is going to be okay. And sometimes I think as parents, we do this to our kids by solving every problem that they have Mm -hmm. instead of letting them work it out. Be there for guidance, but let them handle it. And I think sometimes when we step in there and we do those things all the time that we're making our kids, you know, reliant on someone else or something to make them feel good. Really close. We're
0: close to the end here. We've only got 60 seconds. So, Mark, kind of, you know, closing thoughts. Taking it back, you know, everything's cyclical. Like, you know, back to the <laughs> beginning of the episode, Sophia hit the nail on the head that it really comes down to at the end of the day, whether these drugs are coming here. Yes, we know it. We can debate how we solve that problem, but we are still the ones taking them. We are still the ones popping these pills and doing these drugs. Um, I agree with Sophia that it's really probably pairs down to a mental health issue, but what were kind of your closing thoughts on that really being the main culprit? Mental health.
1: So I think mental health is a big part of it. And I also think that if I was a diabetic that loved to snack Mm -hmm. and somebody brought in a crate full of Twinkies and left them in my garage, me personally, I'm going to work my way through the crate. If there was no Twinkies (laughs) to be had, I'm probably not taking them. So it's a supply and demand, but demand is growing because the supply is growing. I think they're synergetic. They, They kind of snowball off each other. So yes, mental health, if you think your kids are struggling, get them help. Get them to talk to somebody. Don't let them start solving their own problems with a pill in school that they got from some friend. Because I'm telling you that I have met with these families who have lost children, and it is devastating. It isn't just the child. It's the mother, the father, the brother, the sister, and it destroys families.
0: If you're listening right now and and you want to learn more, hear more, we've actually had Mark on the show. I think we've mentioned it uh, multiple times here. So you can download the Unholstered podcast anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or
1: wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.